Welcome one, welcome all. This is the return of the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, and I am recording in the dark of night here in Franklin, Tennessee. Beautiful Franklin, Tennessee, just south of the music city of Nashville. Uh, Happy New Year. Just wanted to extend that uh, greeting to you uh, beforehand before we get into the uh, nitty-gritty of that. Hope your 2021 uh closed with uh, much celebration, uh, much positive feelings, many positive feelings. Uh, I hope that uh, 2022 is off to a good start for you, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, and I just pray for uh, blessings on you, the audience, uh, this year in 2022. Uh, It's been a crazy, even crazier year this year with everything going on with COVID and just the overall state of the country. Um, but that's a topic for another day for other podcasts, for people who are much more qualified in that space than I am. Um, and so today, uh, just again, happy new year. I hope uh, 2022 is off to a good start. No matter what time of the year you listen to, I hope uh, your year of 2022 uh, is very productive, very blessed, and brings uh, nothing but joy to you and yours. Now, the topic that uh, I'm going to start on here, starting a what's looking to be like a 10-part series, um, and I- I'm going to talk a little bit about, or I'm going to talk a lot about, I should say, that about a topic that um, is important to me. It's important to my my faith and my walk as a Christian and as a believer. And I don't think this topic is covered enough in the Western church. I don't think it's covered very well. I don't think it's talked about very much when you do first become a Christian, and I, I think it is an essential part of who you need to be as a believer. Um, I'm no theologian, um, nor do I play one on TV. However, I think that it's part of God's calling on me to do, not only in doing this podcast, but in talking to other men out there that this is a practice, something we should become practiced at, and this is something that we should become familiar with, and it should become a part of our our lives as believers, especially especially in this day and time. It's things are just getting stranger and stranger, and whether or not you believe in the end times, whether you don't believe in the end times, whether you think we're in the middle of the end times or towards the end, it is something that. You, we need to become practiced and not necessarily accomplished at, but it is something that we do need to be able to uh, to walk in uh, in our spiritual lives. And that topic is spiritual warfare. Um, this is, like I said, this is a very, very important topic and subject to me. And I think it's part of I think it's part of God's calling on on me as as an individual, as one of his uh, as one of his children, that that I should at least try to get this out there, get this a little bit more in uh, the mainstream of Christianity, I guess. And and I, I want to talk about a tell a story here um, just to start off this uh, this podcast. This first episode here, episode of the, the title of this episode is uh, uh, "Spiritual Warfare and an Overview." Um, several years ago, I guess it's been about ten or eleven years now since the time of this recording. 
I was a member at uh, a church in Lewisburg, Tennessee. Really loved the church. It was uh, a lot of great people at that uh, at that pl- at the church. It was uh, some great uh, great spiritual mentors there that uh, that I got to know. Uh, re- really great uh, great group of people. Um, and I was blessed to be able to teach a Sunday school class. Um, and the topic that I wanted to teach the Sunday school class on was, was spiritual warfare. And the reason that I got to that point was that, and that I chose that was similar to what I was saying before, that this topic is not talked about very much in the Western Church. It's not covered very well in the Western Church. I don't. I don't believe, and and I think that it, it is something that needs to become a part of who we are as as believers. And so, it was my goal. It was my quest to to create this Sunday school class, the Sunday school curriculum about uh, about spiritual warfare and about to teach it as, as best I could. Now, when I first started, very first day that we were supposed to have class, um, I had an outline prepared. I had some handouts prepared. Uh, I had I had a lot a lot of stuff ready, and I was I was really really excited. Um, and I was looking at this because I I had been through a couple things in my life that were leading me down a path towards anxiety and depression. And I, I, I was able to recognize then at that point that it, there was a lot of warfare involved in it. And there was a lot of influence of the enemy involved in, in, in that. And so I was prepared to teach this this class. I was prepared to I was I was prepared to see what would happen. Um, and I was doing it a little bit out of my own ego and out of my own strength and and I first first day that we were supposed to have the class, uh, I didn't have anyone show up. And there was some miscommunication. Um, I come came to find out later about when the class was starting, where it was starting. Um, I had the door closed to the room that I was in, so there was actually one person who uh, wanted to enter in and yeah, enter into the class and, and and take it. And but she thought that it had already started, and so she had kind of stayed away from it. Um, and you know that was a bit. Um, I don't know that that was a, a, a bit frustrating. It was a bit discouraging in, in in service. The way we had our Sunday school was that we had the Sunday school before our our main service, and uh, at at the time there, and um, when service happened, you know, I just went into service and I was trying to keep a, a good attitude and uh, told our you know the the person who was the pastor that was over our um, that was over our spirit you know our our Sunday school classes that uh, told you know he asked how what how it went and you know what kind of turnout I had and I said well I didn't have anybody show up and he said well okay I'll, I'll say something at service today and you know so you know he came up and, and he did uh, he did his greeting at the the beginning of service and and um, I I always I, I know this is kind of hard to believe but I would Whenever he'd say good good morning or hello or something, you know, he'd try and get the the you know the congregation to say back, you know, hello, hi, you know, and say it with enthusiasm. And so I would wait until that that half second before he would start speaking again, and everybody else had start had made their greeting. I would say something clever in like a foreign language or something, you know, or I would you know, and and so you know that that would always get a chuckle out of him. It was just a way of kind of needling him and trying to trying to throw him off. And and so, but he recognized me in 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 service. And he said, "You know, this is this is John. He's teaching. Um, he's done a lot of work on this uh, um, curriculum on uh, spiritual warfare. And uh, you know, he, he didn't have anybody show up today, but you know, next week, if you're interested in this, show up." And so um, next week, I had about three or four people to my recollection, and then uh, there was another Sunday school class 
that uh, they hadn't um, they they hadn't done or they they had run run out of a topic to to talk about. And so they invited me to come in and, and do my topic and, and start teaching uh, about spiritual warfare. And so, you know, the class in, in three weeks, in three weeks, my, my Sunday school class went from no people to about uh, 25 people, which the, the size of that church was a, was a big deal. Um, as the season went on, um, started making some progress. I think we started making some real breakthrough in the class itself. And, um, I, I got to a point teaching that class, um, where it was going, going pretty well. And, um, one of the things that happened to me was um, while I was teaching that class was um, I was fired from the job I was working at the time. Um, and that was a very, it was very, you know, that was a pretty devastating point in my life um, because there was a lot of, I mean, part of my job, it, I tried not to let it define me, but it was, you know, I was living in this town in Middle Tennessee that, and I didn't have any family there in that town, and and I, you know, I just had my source of income taken away, um, and it was, you know, it, it was something that I had, the amount of money that I was making at the time was a pretty good amount of money for someone my age and with my experience level in that profession, and it was something that I had, I had. Uh, worked hard on, fought for a little bit to, uh, to gain there. And, and it was just, it was just taken away just like that. And, uh, you know, I, that was, that was when I started to, my eyes were opened a little bit. I saw that instance as that there wasn't, it wasn't a coincidence. Um, and now there have been several things, things that have happened in my life and that things that have happened good and bad that you just don't, you know, I, I just don't believe in coincidence anymore. So I, I think that that was one of the things in my life that led me to, you know, not believe in coincidence. And then, um, you know, that I've told the story a couple times on this podcast. I encourage you to go back and listen to uh, the two bonus episodes, one that I did with uh, Bart Hansen last year, and then one that I did with John Eldridge last year, where I told the story about how I uh, lost my wallet on the side of uh, the mountain uh, at the Wild at Heart Retreat in Buena Vista, Colorado. Uh, it's a it's a great story. It's a great story, not because of anything that I did in the story, but because of how God used something that the enemy was trying to take for, for bad and use for bad that, uh, uh, turned it around and, and really spoke to me. Um, and then there's something else that another kind of coincidence like, like this, that had, that recently happened. And I'll, I'll tell this story, um, and kind of wrap this first segment up in a little bit of a bow here to explain why I'm getting into this topic. I recently traveled out to um, western Kansas. I say recently. It was around um, Labor Day weekend to see my family, to see my, my parents and my sister. Um, and at the time, there was a, a movie playing in theaters that I wanted to see, and, and hopefully you've seen it. It's actually a really, really decent movie. It's it's uh, it's kind of you know got my kind of sense of humor with this movie, but it's uh, it's called Free Guy with uh, starring Ryan Reynolds. And uh, anybody knows me, I you know I, I like a lot of uh, Ryan Reynolds stuff, um, and you know we have very similar. It, it, it's geared a lot towards my sense of humor, kind of sarcasm and, and things like that. But uh, there is, uh, the, without giving away too much of the movie, um, Ryan Reynolds plays this character who lives in 
a video game world. Uh, and he's what's called, in gaming terms, called an NPC, which stands for a non-playable character. So he's kind of in the background of this, of this story, of this open world. And a lot of times I feel like that's what, uh, what we feel like in our own everyday lives. Like we're just kind of in the background. Like we're just part of someone else's story. Well, the way that Ryan Reynolds' character interfaces with characters in the quote-unquote real world, people in the, in the quote-unquote real world who are playing in this open-world game, the way their characters appear in, in Ryan Reynolds' world is as uh, someone walking around and wearing sunglasses. Um, and before my sister and I went to the movie theater to go to go see this, so I was just walking out of the house, and, and my mom said to me, um, you know, it's pretty bright out there. Do you have any sunglasses? And this, granted, this is before I knew anything about like how things worked in the movie. So I'm kind of putting the cart before the horse here a little bit. But she, she said, like, do you have any? Do you have any sunglasses? I was like, oh no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. She's like, well, you really need some sunglasses. And I'm like, okay, mom, that's all right. It's all right. I'll I'll be fine. And she said, well, I think there's, you know, dad's got a pair sitting over there, or, you know, and I, you know, but I really think you should get to, you know, wear some sunglasses while you're on your way down there. It's like, no, it's fine. You know, well, we don't want to, don't want to be late. Can't, you know, my sister's waiting. Uh, so didn't really think anything of it, but you know, I get into the car, we go down, we're, we're in the mood, we sit down, we're watching the movie, the, the opening credits play and there's a there's a narration narration there where Ryan Reynolds is he's talking in the in the movie and he he brings up like he brings up oh those are the sunglasses people they're heroes so that being said i being someone who doesn't believe in coincidence i'm like oh, okay all right what are you trying to tell me god what are you trying to tell me here through this through this movie and the thing, the thing that I got through that experience was that um, we were part of a larger story. We're part of a larger world. We're part of a seen and an unseen world. And this is something that I've done in the past that has done some good. Uh, a lot of what my podcast has been about in the past is doing good. And that's something that I, I really, really want to do is just be someone who is looked upon as someone who, who did good. Like whether you know me personally or not, if you've listened to this podcast, that hopefully you came across this and it's had some influence for good in your life. So that has led me back to getting back into this topic and um, showing how I can this is going to be my attempt to do some of that, more of that good, and to, you know, be that voice for God and be that voice to showcase and, and do some good. And I think this is a realm where I can, I think this is a, a realm where I can start and get this back going again and I just I, I there's some more things that I want to to say and talk about here and I'll do that right after uh, right after this break here but um, that's this is this is my way of stepping up into the larger story and into the uh, the larger world at play and saying okay I think this is uh, this is this is what I should do and where I should start so uh, with that I'm going to take a quick break here. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, and uh, we will be right back. Hey, just want to say thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the Discovering Masculinity podcast and this uh, new series, this new territory that I've entered into speaking on spiritual warfare. Now, 
If you are in the position to sponsor this show in any way, shape, or form, please reach out to me via email or via my social links, which are in my link tree in the show notes below. Uh, If you have a good book on this topic or any other topic revolving around uh, masculinity or faith, uh, go ahead and shoot that over to me. You can uh, shoot me a DM or uh, email me. Uh, Email is the same, m60podcast at gmail.com. Uh, if there's an article you'd like me to uh, touch on or discuss, you can email that to me. Just put article in the subject line. Again, all the links to my socials are in the show notes below. Thanks again for listening to the Discovering Masculinity podcast. Welcome back to the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, and this uh, episode, as I said in the first segment, we're doing an overview on spiritual warfare, and this is going to be a series uh, that I'm going to tackle here in the first part of 2021. And, you know, first off, this isn't in my uh, show outline or uh, the notes that I typed up uh, briefly before I started recording here, but I just wanted to mention that uh, thinking about doing this series again and taking up this topic again has uh, has brought up some trepidation. It's brought up uh, some some fear. It's brought up some concern. I'm I'm going to be vulnerable and transparent about that because of what happened the last time that I started talking about this subject. I, uh, and just some of the things that even doing earlier episodes, uh, last year of, of this podcast and a little bit this year, it seems like when I was having good traction with the podcast, I was going through a couple other things in my everyday life that were, making things a little bit more more difficult. I won't go into those in, in great detail, but I do I mentioned it earlier. Uh, I had Bart Hansen on from Wild Heart uh, on an earlier episode and he mentioned in our interview that uh, he he was giving me some some praise about the show and I, I do thank him and everyone at Wild Heart for their inspiration and their support. And one thing that he mentioned was that I was, to use his term, I was bringing, bringing the torch to the field. And one day I was kind of lamenting in my, my prayer time. I was thinking about it like, why, why am I having so much trouble here in my heart and in my emotions and in these other parts of my life that... And it it occurred to me like I'm bringing the torch to the field. I'm I'm going to I'm going into these battle lines here and trying to help the hearts of of men and and putting trying to put my own dent in in the world and in the universe. And it's you know no wonder the the forces that are opposed to to this. Uh, no wonder they. No wonder they're uh, they're shooting at me. You know, no wonder I'm being shot at. I'm walking up to the front line with uh, with a torch, saying, "Hey, here I am. Here's the way." Um, and I don't want to make it sound like that I'm any type of a a hero or any type of uh, any more brave than anyone else can be in this type of arena i just know that that there are probably going to be some things that come my way that as a result of getting into this and so there's there's some there was a little bit of trepidation to to getting back into this topic 
but I, again, I think it's needed. I don't think it's taught hardly enough, hardly at all in the Western church. And I think it's something that needs to be a taught and be taught seriously. And, and I think that, uh, it's become God's calling on me to, to do this. And it's my way of doing good. So with, with that out of the way, I want to get into this segment and I want to start by asking you, the audience member, man or woman, uh, I mean, this show is geared a little bit more towards men, but specifically, you know, men, men or women, if you're listening to this, this particular episode, I want to start by asking uh, a couple questions and I'll take a quick pause after each question. If you need to pause the podcast and think it over, think of an answer, I encourage you to do that. Uh, first question that I want to ask is, why does every story have a villain? Now, take a second, pause the uh, pause the podcast, and give it uh, give it a little bit of thought. Okay. Next question I want to ask, and uh, again. Give it some thought, but this type of question has been mullied about in theological debates and, and philosophy classes for a long, long time. So, you know, think about it, but don't rack your brain too hard on this one because we'll talk about it a little bit more. But why why do bad things happen to good people? Okay. Now, we've led in with those couple of questions and we try to, at least with the second question, we try to reason with ourselves. We try to, you know, we try and explain it away with coincidence or that it's just a fact of existence. And the, the, the answer to those two questions is, is almost the same. Every story has a villain because our story does. From the beginning of time, our story has a villain, and we know who that enemy is. It is, it is a Lucifer. It's the, the fallen angel. It's, and it's you know the devil, Satan, Lucifer, however you want to, whatever name you want to ascribe to him, whatever name you want to to call him that's he is the villain of of our story he's the villain of god's story why do bad things happen to good people well do you think that it's because we're opposed because there is evil in this world and and evil opposes good and that the way we bear the image of God enrages our enemy and enrages hell. It's quite often, I've come to learn in life, quite often it's the simplest explanations to some of these larger questions that turn out to be the most true. Bad things happen to good people because there is an enemy. We have an enemy, people. I, I don't know how many times I can say it, but if you are a Christian, you're a child of God. Even if you're not a child of God, you, you have an enemy. He's real. He's real, and he knows you almost as well as God knows you. And he will do nothing He'll stop at nothing until he can destroy you, get you to turn your back on God, or somehow take you out so that you're not living to your full potential and you're not bearing the full image of God. One of the ways that men bear the image of God is being being that warrior, being that warrior for good. 
And that's how we're to engage this enemy in this battle is to be a warrior for good. Now, there's different tools. There's different things we can use in that battle. Um, The armor of God, I'm going to do an entire episode on the armor of God and break that down because I I find it very, very, very fascinating. Um, And I'm actually going to make some some notes here in my uh, series outline. And just so, you know, I, I know to to record that, but it's it's true, people. It, it, it's true. I'm going to do a little bit more in-depth talk on the the elements and the the enemies that we have that are part of this battle that are part of the spiritual warfare just as there and a lot of the stuff I want to get again give credit to John Eldridge and Wild Heart and some of the sources that he's used but there is just as there is a holy trinity there is an unholy trinity and that consists of the devil the flesh and the world and they usually are working in concert together. We'll go into that in a little bit more detail here in the upcoming episodes. But there are real forces of evil out there that come against us. I can think of a few examples on a, on a global scale that I attribute to the work of, the work of evil, that I attribute to the work of Satan and, and, and his forces. First one comes to mind. Many, many of the terrorist attacks that I've lived through, not lived through personally as in been a part of, but that I've seen as part of my lifetime, I'll be turning 40 next year. The World Trade Center bombing in 93, the September 11th attacks that we lived through as a, as a nation. I'm s- sorry, people, I... You can't convince me that it was the will of God for almost 3,000 people to, to die, to be murdered that day. And that's what it comes down to, is that thousands of people were, you know, died that day, as and, and they were murdered by people that were acting out the, the will of evil. And I will go to my grave believing that, that that was not God's plan, that that was the work of evil. The wars that we went through, uh, just here recently, in the last year, uh, the, the Jeffrey Epstein trial that concluded two years ago, and the Maxwell trial that just concluded here a few days ago, you can't tell me that that there was anything coincidental or, or that it was just the, you can't tell me that there wasn't some type of an influence of evil in, in the actions of those people and, and their associates, child trafficking, sex trafficking that goes on in the world. There's so much darkness that's in, in this world right now that, that it is attributed that, I attribute that to the to the work of the work of the devil and, and the work of the work of, of his of his fallen angels that that have allied with with him. And when you start to view the world through that lens, when you start to view things that happen in the world through the lens of okay, this this is the result of, of evil. This is the result of, of spiritual battles that have been going on for many, many years. That you can, it's it's much easier to to view these things and, and realize, okay, there's a larger story taking place, and then there's these are these are the acts of the evil one. That are, that are taking place here on earth. There is just, and even, even COVID, that we're, we're taught, and one of the things that, that I've learned is that 
as part of the fall of mankind that sin and death and sickness came into the world and the whether you believe that it was intentional whether you believe that it was an accident the research that was going on in some of these laboratories in in China that was whether it was benign or for nefarious purposes, no matter what you believe about the initial outbreak, that that the disease itself is something that is part of a fallen world. Sickness and death is part of a fallen world, and that was as a result of the temptation of man through, you know, from from Satan, and and we can trace that all the way back to to the garden, and when you view that through the lens of, okay, there is a force that is coming against God's children. It's a lot easier to to explain that. And one question that I do want to ask and maybe get your feedback on, uh, feel free to DM me on Instagram. I'll, I'll be comment I'll be making posts on on the show Instagram page and I, I want I want to get your feedback on this is why why is this not why is this not taught why why are we as as a society specifically in western society why why are we afraid of of spiritual warfare why are we why why is this not taught enough why why is it dismissed so easily that's that's something that i think that this kind of ties back into a line from um, the very popular movie the the usual suspects and one of the 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 lines in that movie is that uh, it goes something like this that the greatest trick or the greatest lie that uh, the devil ever perpetrated on the on mankind was convincing the world that uh, he didn't exist. Why, why, are, why do we so easily dismiss that? Is is it because is it because it's been kind of associated to some hocus pocus type type of stuff? Is it because I I don't know. I I think it's. We focus so much on ourselves, both in and outside of the church. We focus so much on on ourselves and, and what we do and how we can go it alone and be you know be fulfilled on our own. And and we're focused more on. I think even some of the church too, it, it, through the Western church too, is that we're focused so much on our own flaws and our own faults and that we're only saved by grace and that we've, we think that I think, I I think a lot of, a lot of theology that's taught out there is that it's, it's our own problem. You know, we can't get it right rather than no, it's some, it's, it's warfare that's coming, coming against us. It's, um and it's phrased in different ways um it's phrased in different ways in different books that I read I just recently read uh the b- uh, book entitled The Soul of Shame and that author uses the illustration of what he calls a a shame, quote unquote shame attendant and um I think that's that's a good way of looking at at how about about how the devil infiltrates our thoughts and and we'll discuss that in in the next episode or in in future episodes but i just want to you know leave that and let you think about that why why do we act like the devil and why do we act like evil doesn't exist that's we we acknowledge the existence of villains and other stories and other popular myths that we're that we create as a society and as a culture but yet we don't acknowledge that there could be something similar to that in in our own lives so i want you to as you go forward 
I think I'll, I'll probably go ahead and just and just end this. I'll, I'll do. I'll take a quick pause. I'll end this segment here, and then do a short segment to wrap up here on the other side of the break. But I, I want you to 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 think about that. Think about what ways and what type of encounters and events in your life can you look back on that maybe you thought was coincidence, but maybe looking back on it, you can realize that this might be, this might be the work of the enemy. Uh, just think about that. Um, I'm going to take a quick break and then uh, we'll get back into uh, the topic at hand and the discussion here in just a few moments. Uh, but this is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am John Waltz and I'll be right back. Hey folks, just a quick reminder that all books and materials that are referenced during the Discovering Masculinity podcast will have links in the show notes so that you can get a hold of some goodness for your mind and your heart and your soul and help you grow in your masculine journey. Welcome back. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, uh, heading into our final segment here for this uh, very first episode on our series discussing spiritual warfare. And uh, again, if you are, if you know me, don't know me, um, I do ask for your prayer, uh, your prayers as I go into the series uh, and, and talk about these uh, these subjects, um, because it's not, it's not something that I take up lightly, but it is something that I feel called to do and that, uh, this is how I'm going to be making my dent into, um, into things here in this, uh, first part of 2021. Um, I told my story with this subject, uh, early on, uh, in the first part of this episode. And I want to, what I want to do is uh, read a couple excerpts from John Eldridge's book, uh, Waking the Dead. Uh, he has a chapter specifically dedicated to spiritual warfare in this book. Uh, I'll have a link to this in the, uh, in the show notes. And uh, just wanted to read this and just show there's where the inspiration is coming from and where uh, my thought patterns are, are coming from. So this is uh, chapter 9 from uh, the book Waking the Dead. Um, now, he leads off this, uh, and I paraphrased this quote earlier uh, in the previous segment, but uh, William Gurnall, uh, he states that it is the image of God reflected in you that so enrages hell. It is this at which the demons hurl their mightiest weapons. Now, take that in. We as as God's children, we we bear the image of God, so it should come as no surprise to us that demons and principalities and and forces, evil forces outside of this world, are being hurled, are hurling their weapons against us, trying to to take us down and remove our positive impact on this world through uh, our bearing the image of God. Now. Uh, it was no coincidence that in the previous uh, little advertisement segment, I guess you want to say, where I talk about recommended reading, uh, I do have a uh, clip in the background of played by uh, of a composition called "The Marriage of Figaro" by uh, by Mozart. And this first part of this chapter uh, references Mozart and uh, a scene from the movie Amadeus. So I'll go ahead and, and get into uh, into reading this here. But this is again, this is from Waking the Dead, John Eldridge's book. This is the uh, actually the follow up book to Wild Heart. So um, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart was a glorious man, an image bearer. You remember from your youth that little song, "Twinkle Twinkle Little Star." Mozart wrote that melody when he was three. 
he composed his first symphony when he was 12. And Mozart has Mozart's music has endured, enchanting the world for centuries. He's probably played more often than any other classical composer. Yet this brilliant man died young. We don't really know how or why. Impoverished, alone, his body was dumped in a common grave. The movie Amadeus is Peter Schaeffer's attempt to tell that tale. It's a story of genius and jealousy leading to murder. Schaeffer creates a villain worthy of the devil himself in the character of the court composer Salieri. A musician of lesser note, Salieri is tormented by envy of Mozart's greatness, like Joseph's brothers. He embodies what must have been Lucifer's jealousy of God's glory, which brought the angel to his ruin. There is a remarkable scene in the film that depicts the day Mozart's wife brings his music into Salieri in hopes of getting her husband a job. She does not yet know that he is a wolf in sheep's clothing. Glancing through the pages of Mozart's portfolio, Salieri is captivated by the work of his rival's hand. Salieri states, These are originals? Frau Mozart, Yes, sir, he doesn't make copies. As the astonished composer begins to read the sheets before him, he narrates the tale. Salieri says, Astounding. It was actually beyond belief. These were first and only drafts of music, but they showed no correction of any kind. Not one. He'd simply put down music already finished in his head, page after page of it, as if he was just taking dictation. And music finished as no music has ever finished. Displace one note, and there would be diminishment. Displace one phrase, and the structure would fall. It was clear to me. That sound I had heard in the Archbishop's, Archbishop's palace had been no accident. Here again was the very voice of God. I was staring through the cage of those meticulous ink strokes and at absolute inimitable beauty. In the scene, Salieri is enraptured and the sheets fall to the floor from his limbs' hand. Frau Mozart states, is it no good? Salieri, clearly wounded, it's miraculous. Frau Mozart says, oh yes, he's really proud of his work. So you will help him? Sullen, determined, Salieri leaves the room in silence. The scene shifts to his private chambers and Salieri is talking is taking down a crucifix from the wall and placing it in his fire. Salieri says, From now on we are enemies, you and I, because you chose for your instrument a boastful, lustful, smutty, infantile boy, and give me for reward only the ability to recognize the incarnation. Because you are unjust, unfair, unkind, I will block you. I swear it. I will hinder and harm your creature here on earth as far as I am able. As he shakes his fist in the air, I will ruin your incarnation. Now, I'll, uh, I think I found this complete scene on YouTube. I'm going to copy the uh, YouTube link and put it in the show notes so you can take a look and get a little bit more of, of how Peter Schaefer extended uh, in, intended the uh the scene to go you know i'm consider myself a, a a bit of a you know i'd like to think i can be able to pull off a dramatic reading like that but uh again this illustrates what we're up against it is our image of god and yes you bear the image of god in some in many ways and it is that way in which you bear the image of God, whether you're masculine or feminine, that enrages hell. I'll continue reading uh, here just very briefly, but uh, this will touch back on the, the previous segment where I was speaking earlier. Eldridge goes on to say, this is the heart of our enemy. He's determined to hinder and harm and ruin God's image bearers, to steal, kill, and destroy. So let me say this again. The story of your life is the story of the long and brutal assault on your heart by the one who knows what you could be and fears it. Uh, 
I hope you're beginning to see that more clearly now. Otherwise, much of the Bible will not make sense to you. Much of your life will not make sense to you. We have an enemy. We have several enemies in the spiritual realm. And it is part of our duty as believers to be able to recognize this and navigate it. And when it comes against us, to resist it and call on the name of God and call on the name of Jesus to be able to defend ourselves and defend our families, to be men especially, men listen to me when I say this, to be that protector and provider that we are called to be, that we have been since the beginning of time. Adam didn't do this in the garden, and that's why humanity fell. He did not defend his wife and did not protect and did not provide for her in that moment of temptation. The translation of the scripture says that she gave a bite of the apple to her husband who was there with her, and the original translation of that word, that phrase, with her, means he was literally standing next to Eve in the garden when humanity fell. He was literally standing to her, standing next to her at that time, at the same time, while the whole thing was going down. So I say all this, uh, I record all this to say to you that this is, again, I can't say it enough, this is something that we are supposed to learn how to know and do and have be, be practiced in as part of our everyday lives as, as believers and as children of God. So I'm going to uh, leave the show on that note. Um, next episode, we will be discussing uh, a little bit more about the... Uh, we're we're going to talk a little bit about the mechanics of spiritual warfare and we're going to be talking a little bit more about the unholy trinity and how just get into some of the basics of it. Uh, I'll be citing some uh, some more from the works of John Eldridge and his team. Um, be talking a little bit more about um, you know what I've learned from from that, and we'll uh, we'll start from there. But uh, again, I, I just want to say thank you for uh, for listening to this episode of the uh, the Discovering Masculinity podcast. Uh, also want to um, give a thanks to uh, or just identify the uh, bump music playing into this first part of this segment uh, is by Tommy Vext, the former lead singer of Bad Wolves. Um, Tommy, if you happen to listen to this, uh, you want me to take that down or re-edit it so that uh, your music isn't used, I'll be more than happy to do so, but would also love to uh, have you as a guest on this show. I think you've got a great story and a great testimony, and you've been through a lot in the last couple of years, and I think uh, um, you've got a really valuable insight into what's going on in the world today. So I uh, just wanted to put that in there real quick. But uh, again, I'm John Waltz. This is Discovering Masculinity, and uh, you know, um, prayers for prayers to you and, and yours, and uh, you know, prayers for me as I get into this uh, this topic here. But uh, thanks again. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast, and I will talk to you next time. <laughs>